So when we start out this unbinding process, we find ourselves in this, this mind, in this world, in this life, and it's based on narratives. The narrative of time is prominent. We feel like there's a distinct past and a distinct future, and we're rather identified with it. We're so identified with it that we don't even overtly recognize that we have thoughts often. Or we're not always aware of thoughts as such because there's so much identification with them. So this ongoing identified state, this experience, for many people, feels very uncomfortable. It feels like something's not quite right with experience. That we're missing something. That something just is off. It's not natural. Not fully natural. And that sort of creeping feeling that something's off or something's not right is what I may call suffering. It's the recognition, acknowledgement, and really awakening to the truth that we are perceiving reality through filters, through perceptual filters, through thought-based filters. And with this, we have this wonderful opportunity to start to Unbind. We have this opportunity to start to investigate what it is that creates this sense of separation in life, that creates this sense of distance, that creates this sense of looking through filters or veils. And however we investigate that, which isn't the point of this video, um, is, is fine. It's, it's um, varied. There are many ways this goes down. So for some people, it's a matter of surrender or just letting go or turning toward their, their deep instinct to let go. Uh, for others, it's investigating the nature of I, the nature of self, the nature of thought. And these are summarized as various forms of inquiry. But what ultimately happens, what that culminates in, is a disentanglement from thought, a thorough or a pretty thorough disentanglement from thought such that the experience of being aware, of being conscious, of being alive, of being within this realm of knowingness, of conscious knowingness, that that is disentangled from the, the thoughts, disentangled from the narrative, from the, the illusion of time. At this stage of things, it's as if there's been a, a separation, a significant separation. And uh, that separation, again, is from the narratives, from the conceptual self. But what it is that separates from it is often not clear. It feels vast often. It feels sort of free. feels like a lot of the suffering has dropped. Um, it feels sometimes even feels like the whole process is over, like it's just happened already. But it, in truth, it's not over. It's really just beginning. But the, the first shift is very important. It's very uh, significant. So after this occurs, we have the opportunity to start to investigate in a deeper way what it is that causes identification with thought to happen at all. What causes identification with time to occur in real time, in the moment. How do we find ourselves bound into thought? How do we find ourselves bound into a belief of any kind? 
a belief about me, my problems, my past, my future, my spiritual journey, seeking all of it. How do we, how do we get bound into that in the moment? How does that, that, um, that feeling of being contained again, stuck, small, how does that even occur? Because now it's often contrasted with periods of spaciousness, expansiveness, clarity. So the fluctuation, the sort of in and out from that experience is helpful. It helps us to really start to discern what it is, if anything, that seems to be binding itself into thought, that seems to be binding itself back into a timeline, binding itself back into a narrative. And interestingly enough, I can cut to the chase and say, what we find is that there's nothing actually doing that, but there is a mechanism there. It's just not a personal mechanism. It's not a, it's not a, um, a discovery about you. It's not a discovery about identity. It's a discovery about what makes the illusion of identity itself appear. And even that is almost saying too much because the illusion is so thin. It's so non, um, binding when you see it clearly, when you see the mechanism clearly that it's really fascinating that we ever fall for it in the first place, but I don't want to minimize the experience of being bound by it because the experience of it feels really solid. It feels very binding, so to speak, but to see the mechanism closely enough, then this strange thing happens kind of like a miracle where we see that even the binding can't really happen. Very strange, but it's all about clear seeing. So it's all about seeing mechanism, the mechanism of identity, identifying clearly and closely and doing it enough times until the clarity's there. So when, after we've had an awakening and things have kind of settled. Maybe we've done some shadow work. Emotion work has come up and some intensity, intense things we've worked through and all that. That happens. That happens. It's, it's the sort of shadow that comes after awakening typically. Um, once, once some of that has, has cleared, there may still be some of it going on, but we have an opportunity to see mechanistically in real time. Now this isn't analytical, but it is sort of seeing the mechanism. It's direct. You have to experience it in a direct way. So one way of doing it is to simply notice what is the first movement of mind right now? What is the first movement of what feels like the false self in your experience? Look for it. What is the first movement filtering your experience in any way at all. And again, look for it in real time because it, it keeps happening. It's not like it happened 20 some years ago or 10 years ago or 30 years ago. And it's been continuous. It actually keeps happening. There's a hook there. There's something that's believable, but it won't even be conceptual. It's preconceptual, but you can definitely detect it. You can pick it up. What is it? That's the first thing you believe. What does it feel like to suddenly buy into thought? What does it feel like to suddenly buy into a process of creating a view of the world and hence a view of yourself as the one in the world? What does it feel like for that to start to happen? 
Is it a narrative? It's different at different times and different for different people, but is it a specific narrative about you? Often it's, there's some doubt in there. It's like a doubt laden experience. Oh, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I figured it out yet. I don't know if I'm clear enough yet. Um, sometimes that's the cat. That's what catches you. Sometimes it's like a shame thing. Like I'm not worthy, not worthy enough. Um, it's a combination of these two. Uh, sometimes it's more of a, um, distraction or like a bypassing, like, like mind wandering, like fantasy might be something like that. Is that, is that what it is though? Is that the first movement of mind that you can find right now that binds identity together? It's not that it binds you into identity. The sense of you arises from the binding. So there's a binding experience. There's a seeming buy-in to a thought or a belief or a paradigm or a view. And as that occurs, that's where the, the sort of, um, it's almost like a regression of consciousness. That's where that happens. And all of a sudden we're subtly self-conscious. We're back in the space of me, the subject. So watch, catch it before that happens. And you can, for sure. Might be very, very quick at first, but if you just keep looking, you'll see. There's a, there's a glimpse, a moment before the binding, before um, before something starts believing a view of the world a view of your life, a view of your problems, a view of your spiritual situation, a view of the practice that we're doing, we're talking about anything, whatever it is, whatever is your hot button, so to speak, whatever gets traction for you, that's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be one thought, one belief could be on board. Um, could be, I don't get it. Or sometimes it's the opposite. It's like, no, I do get it. I understand all this already. I understand all this, but, but right? There's the doubt. It still doesn't work or something. So what is the thought? What is the belief? What is the paradigm that, that feels enough like you that you'll buy into it, buy into it long enough to believe the next thought and the next thought and the next thought. Yeah. And you see that that reflection of mind, the, it's, it's like an inward reflection. That's all that's really happening in this space. There's nothing identifying with it, but if the inward reflection is sort of missed or not seen as such, then somehow we can actually identify with it. We can start to identify with the thoughts when we don't look closely enough. Again, paradox, but it is by not looking closely enough that this can continue to operate strangely. So just keep looking closer, slow it down, take your time, be patient. There's nothing hanging in the balance here. There's nothing really going on. Once this is clarified, it's like, there's so little happening. Um, maybe, maybe our minds want to chew on stuff for a while because they kind of sense somehow that this will stop everything. It stops in its tracks, but that's neither here nor there. The truth of it is, um, you have plenty of time. <laughs> there's no hurry. It's not a race. It's not a rush, but it's available for sure all the time to you. So m everything I've been saying in this video is, is certainly not a conceptual approach. It's not logical. You're not going to like understand it. It's not about understanding. It's about 
looking directly into your experience until it's very clear to you. So if it's not clear, don't convince yourself it's because you didn't understand what I said. It's not about understanding. If it's not clear, it just means you got to look closer. Look closer at your experience right now. Look closer at what it is that believes any thought. If anything, what is it that believes the thought? The mind's reflecting experience inwardly quickly, right? It reflects it quickly. We hear a sound and we turn it into a label or we turn it into a, a sort of internal reflection of a sound. We see something and we turn it into a label, an internal reflection. But strangely, when the visual field, the internal reflection looks like an external three-dimensional world. And we believe it. And we, we overlook seeing clearly because we're seeing the reflection in the mind. So really try to discern what happens first, right? What actually happens first. Then you can discern the reflection. Then you can start to pick up how that reflection sort of starts to have an inward reflection on itself. Like, as I mentioned in my book, consciousness um, is a reflection of the sense fields or thought is, but it's ultimately consciousness, but it's also self-reflective, which is kind of cool in a way, it creates this sense of I that maybe very few animals, if any other, other than humans really have, certainly a solid ongoing sense of I is probably pretty unique to humans. So it's kind of cool in a certain way, but it also leads immediately to suffering because it's, it's, there's an illusion built into it. So that self-referential aspect of consciousness can be described as a thought reflecting a thought reflecting a thought. That's what happens. If you don't catch the, the immediate experience clearly enough, you don't see it, feel it, taste it, hear it clearly enough, um, and recognize it in direct experience clearly enough, then you'll be enticed by the reflective experience and the reflection of the reflection of the reflection starts to feel like you, a solid you, a seeking you, a you that believes in time, a you that's moving through time and has a past and a future. Once you're in that game, once you're believing all of that, um, you can't really get out of it in it by, by its own rules. You'll, you'll be, you'll be getting yourself farther into it thinking you're getting out of it. <laughs> you can just think your way deeper into it with the stuff I'm saying, or you can look at what it is that's being reflected. Look for what it is that's being reflected or just look very, very closely at the mechanism of reflection itself. This is good practice. It's, it's the way to do this. You know, it's not seeking, you're not trying to solve or find anything. You're just wanting to see clo closely and accurately what's actually occurring. That's it. And don't make conclusions as you do it. Just keep looking. If you're making conclusions, then you're settling for a, for a reflection. This isn't about making conclusions. It's about absolutely clear seeing. So just keep at it and tell me how it goes.